Welcome to Passion and Purpose with Pamela, celebrating all things woman. I'm Dr. Pamela Hardy-Shepard, here to ignite inspiration through conversations that spotlight women's power and their journeys. Let's share our light, our stories, and create a space of celebration for every woman. Here's to embracing our womanhood together. Welcome to today's episode of our podcast. Today, we're diving into the remarkable life journey of Denise Hollis, a woman whose life motto is, if, if I can, anybody can. Denise is a beacon of hope and strength. Denise was the fourth child in a family of six. Denise's early life was overshadowed with, by the challenges of her mother. Her mother faced a dysfunctional marriage plagued by domestic violence. Despite the daunting task of raising six children alone, her mother's courageous decision to leave that marriage instilled in Denise a profound sense of resilience, work ethic, and survival skills. Denise's story is a testament to the power of overcoming adversity. Despite experiencing marriage and divorce at a young age, Denise was blessed with a wonderful son, a gift that brought immense joy and purpose to her life. Her journey took a turn for the better when she remarried a man who lovingly embraced her son as his own, enriching their lives with two more children and successfully navigating the dynamics of a blended family. In this episode, we'll delve into how Denise's faith as a disciple of Jesus Christ and her adherence to the principles of the Biblica Torah have guided her through life's ups and downs. Her story is not just about struggles, but about triumphs, the power of family, and the unwavering belief that no matter the circumstances, with determination, faith, anything is possible. So please join us as we explore the inspiring life of Denise Hollis, a woman who embodies strength, faith, and enduring spirit, a mother's love. Welcome, Denise. We are so glad that you were here. So we're looking forward for you to tell this audience and tell everybody a little bit about, a little more about you, where you are today, and where you're going. All right. I want to thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. You, your writing and your work and the inspiration that you are to women in all different stages of our lives is just fantastic. And it's an honor to be a part of this. I mean that sincerely. And so telling a little bit about Denise. Well, I met Pam 32 years ago in Holy Lock, Scotland. And our husbands were in the Navy and that time in Scotland was so formative for me. And it really showed me that if I can do it, anybody can. Because the younger part of my life as a young child was, was full of challenges and trauma. Um, but baby boomers didn't have titles for disease and disorders and dysfunction and mental health issues. So we just kind of muscled through, as my daughter calls it. And we did the best we could. And because my grandparents helped raise us, my father's parents and my mother's parents, because my parents worked, one in Michigan and one in um, Massachusetts, our grandparents really set an example of family and home and work and church. And church was my God um, for a lot of years. It was an anchor that I needed. And going to school was not an option. It was a requirement. 
So I excelled at school because I was one of those compliant children. Um, as Pam said, I'm the fourth of, of six children. My mother had two sets of twins. I was one of the sets. And then she had two singles. And she moved us to Michigan, where my father was from, and then back to Boston, where she was from, and then to California. And we really had the experience of being emancip emancipated at 16 years old. But I think at that point, we'd had such a foundation in church, in school, with older grandparents and, and extended family that coming to California was kind of a testing ground. And that's where I started the motto, somebody helped me get through something that I thought was impossible. And when I had that aha moment, I was like, okay, if I can do it, anybody can. And it became my inspiration to help people. I understood that people wanted better, but first of all, they didn't know that it was an option or that they, they had choices. And I was learning myself that I had choices. And the fact that I had remarried and my husband went into the Navy, we traveled, we moved six times in nine years and I loved every day of it. We had three beautiful children. They are all now married with children of their own. And I, I as you said, I've had a lot of trauma, but I've had more triumphs than trauma. And as an older woman who believes in God, believes in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that older women are to teach the younger women. And I'm so grateful that when I lived in Bremerton, Washington, as part of my husband's Navy experience, I worked at a community college and I, because I'm just used to being zealous and energetic, I would help people when they didn't want help. That's not help. And the, um, the black, the Pan-African studies teacher told me, he's from Iowa. And he said to me, I'll never forget. He said, help the people who want your help. There are he's enough of where? them. You he, said Iowa? Iowa. Uh -huh. Like you? Ah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why I forever remember not knowing that any Black people were in Iowa. And one of my dear friends, namely you, and this teacher, professor, who I was my colleague, told me that. And from that day to this, I am more careful. Um, and just know that people want to know. And it's always been my inspiration, I want to say, when we're in a group and at church, even sometimes in Bible studies, when they're talking about challenging things, I'll share my challenge. Because then it gives other people courage, maybe, to know that there's no shame and there's nothing to be afraid of and that we're not going to judge each other. We're going to love each other and help each other. And so that's part of my um, mission, if you will. My purpose is to help people who want help and then <laughs> help myself. Because also as baby boomers, we tend to, I used to find my value in service. And so that in itself was more selfish motivated than not. And now that I am a widow and I am older and I'm still here, I've always loved doing it, but now I have a different uh, space and time to do it even more effectively. So that's a little bit about me. Wow. Oh my goodness. That There's a whole lot to unpack. I, I know you went over <laughs> it, but uh, tell us, we're going to go back to a time in Scotland. And um, when you tell people that you live in Scotland, they're like, what? And so it's like, unpack that. What is that like? What did you have community? Um, how, how were you treated? What was your experience? And what was your children's experience living there and going to school? Can you describe that a little bit? 
be happy to. Um, when my husband and I went to Scotland, we had a two-year-old little boy and we had a six-year-old little boy. And we lived on the economy. We chose not to live in military housing. We lived in the city, but I did have a community. I had a church and I had my job. I actually got a job. We had so much favor because we weren't supposed to go because my husband really hadn't been in the military long enough to warrant that position, but somebody didn't want to go. And so he got to take their place. And when I got there, because we were both older, when we went into the military, I really had this understanding that I, I was an unofficial official ombudsman because younger women who had never left home and it was just a brand new experience being in the military, being away from home. But for me, it was, I think, something that's always been in my heart. So going to a church with a Christian faith and fellowship and meeting you and, and the other families in Danoon, um, we did support each other. We were away from family. We, we became each other's family. Mm -hmm. And we cried together. We laughed together. We cooked together, ate together. My oldest son went to kindergarten there and he could read within the second month of being in school. My, the baby went to um, daycare at the base because I worked at the exchange and they loved this child. They loved my baby and he was happy and secure. And then we were fortunate enough to conceive and have a little girl while we were there. And she was just before she turned two, we moved back to the States, but I absolutely loved it. It just really showed me that you give what you get. And when you have something, like the Bible says, open your hand and share it. And that's what we did. We, we didn't look at what we didn't have. We looked at what we had and we shared it with one another. And it was a wonderful experience. It is so true. And there was one time, and I, I'll share this um, it was Thanksgiving and, you know, in the United States, if you're listening to this and you're in the United States, you know, we celebrate Thanksgiving, but they don't celebrate it anywhere else. And uh, I remember fixing all this food and all these people came to the house and I said, uh, I'm going to use paper plates. And I remember Pastor Chalk going in the kitchen saying, you Americans, you are so, uh, what did he say? Uh, well, wasteful. That was what it was. Wasteful. He was going in the trash, getting the paper plates, rinsing them off. And I, it was mind boggling, the things that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we had community and we did each other's hair. We shopped. I remember we made homemade decorations and yes. the humidity in the house made the decoration, you know, those flower decorations that you make, that you have your kids make, they fell off the trees because of the humidity oh. in the house. Yeah. So, I mean, we did a lot of things. We learned a lot of things, but it was a proving ground, I think, for mm -hmm. many of us being away. And it actually cemented relationships. It really did. And we have remained friends all these years. Now, my situation is a little different. I'm not married to the same man. I mean, I got a divorce. <laughs> I got a divorce and got remarried. But our relationship is cemented. And Amen. we have been a support to each other. And I'm grateful for you. And everything that you have endured. And you were always, I could always count on you to always be the truth finder, to speak the truth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people don't want to hear the truth. They want, you know, they want to hear what they want to hear. 
if you don't want to hear what you want to hear, you don't ask Denise because <laughs> Denise is going to tell you the truth, but she tells you in a loving way that you can receive it. I remember that about you a great deal. Thank you. You're welcome. You. <laughs> so you, um, I want to circle back. You said uh, that you're a widow. How, how, how is, how are you dealing with that? How does, you know, I'm not asking your age. You said you're okay. a baby boomer. I'm not okay. going to ask your age. It's impolite. I'll mm. tell you. I don't okay. mind. I'm, I'm 71. You're 71. And I was married and I was with my husband for 45 years and he passed away. It'll be two years in June. And so how I'm dealing with it uh is with the grace of God, with friends like you. I'm actually in Groningen, the Netherlands right now. Say that again. my brother. Where are you? It's Groningen, G-R-O-N-I-G-E-N, the Netherlands. And I think this is Northern? I'm in one up. Yeah, I think I'm Northern uh, Netherlands because we went to uh, Lindbergh, which is Southern. I may be confusing it, but my brother is one of my best friends and he has a twin and I had a twin and he and I look more like twins than our twins look mm -hmm. like us. Um, but we have a lot in common. We both are healing. We are loving and love serving, loving, helping. And um, life is interesting. It's, it's like, I think most of my young life, I was in a survival mode and just trying to avoid the unavoidable, which is the definition of insanity. But at the time, I just was trying to avoid trauma. Um, and now that I've survived so much trauma, my husband was such a wonderful influence and help in my life and my growth that I he left me in a really amazing place um, with a home and the means to continue my life. I now get the opportunity to discover myself, mm. who I am, what I want, what I like, separate from what other people like. And that's kind of hard because 45 years and three children and five grandchildren later, it's like, hmm, that idea that what I'm saying is selfish is, is a culture thing that I need to let go of. Mm -hmm. And you've been helping with that mm -hmm. tremendously. But coming here, uh, was a, a nod to my my own recovery and restoration and healing. And it's it, so far so good. I'm grateful to be alive. I love that you say that because many women who have raised kids and have been married for a very long time, sometimes we lose ourselves in what we want. It is like as a couple or you're always putting the kids first. And I said this in the other podcast and, and I think it's applicable here is where, uh, you know, even the, the airlines get it when they say, you know, when mm. you lose altitude, the mask come down, you put it on yourself <laughs> first and then you put it on the child, but we have it in reverse. And if the airlines get it, we need, need to get it. It is not being selfish. You cannot give from an empty vessel. And so many of us push off our, our dreams or our goals. You know, maybe we wanted to be a painter, a dancer, or we wanted to be a poet or an author or whatever we wanted to be. 
because we now have responsibilities. We have a job and we're going to a job and we have to pay the bills and we get that. But when you get to a certain age, just like this age I am at, I'm saying this is what I'm supposed to do. Everything that we go through in life prepares us for what we are doing today. And mm -hmm. we're grateful for our past and our present and it, acknowledging the present and being in the present moment like I am with you and for our future because the steps are laying and they're they're there and we're going to take those steps so it's what we do today actually fosters our future so when I look at you and I think about you know where you are today and this by the way everybody this lady has been traveling <laughs> she has been traveling maybe she's home maybe uh, a week or two but she has been traveling and and it's really great because i think i think scotland helped with that and you know when you're in the military you're able to take up roots and go and yes. just kind of tell us about that i i know we briefly talked about you being a widow, but was travel one of your things that you wanted to do? And I noticed you go to the library a lot. You just kind of tell us a little more about that. Okay. Um, when my husband and I got married, um, we left, we got married one day and left Los Angeles the next day for his Navy career, literally. Oh my God. And our honeymoon was traveling across country with two children in a van. Um, so he had to go to Connecticut for submarine school. And so we drove to Boston where my family was. He deposited me there and went on to Connecticut. So I had every time we moved, we spent quality time with family before our move. So we literally moved six times in nine years. And I love travel. I always, I always have. I think having lived in Michigan and Massachusetts and California as a young person, it maybe prepared me for that. And then Alan and I both, my husband, he, he and I both love to travel. So it was fun. We loved being on the road together. Um, I was from a family of uh, limited means, a single parent family. Alan, on the other hand, was from a two parent home, owned a home. So he knew how he liked nice things and I knew how to manage with whatever we had. So we were a good partnership. Mm -hmm. um, and we just enjoyed traveling San Diego, where you were and um, Rhode Island. And like we said, Scotland. Charleston, South Carolina. It was just in Seattle, Washington. We were there for 20 years and I absolutely loved it. And our children were there and it wasn't very culturally diverse. So they graduated from high school and left and have never gone back, if you will. But they're all now in Maryland. Uh, and so they're close to each other. And it was the five of us. It was the five of us, but I was always... Um, getting back to LA so that Alan could see his parent, his grandparents, and we could see my mother and my sibling and his brother. So again, yeah, traveling has always been a part. And I think that's why I've done so much since he passed, because it's given me opportunity to reconnect with the family of my youth and my family of origin, where I'm loved and nurtured and appreciated and respected and honored as an elder. Um, and that, I didn't realize how important that is. Uh, I'm because I, I'm about service and I've never done the boundaries thing, which I'm learning to do now. If there's a need, I'm going to meet it. But that's not the season of my life that I'm in. So I'm I'm learning new things. I love it. And I just want to just 
kind of go back just a little bit. If you were speaking to, because you said you were married 45 years, it's a very long time. And if you were speaking to someone who recently lost a spouse, what would you say to them? I would say grieve, cry, love yourself, let yourself be loved. Do not let darkness pervert your grief. It's a journey. It's different for everybody, but people love you. And if you don't love yourself, it's a perfect time to learn. And we do get through it. And we do have purpose beyond our marriages. Um, if God didn't take me with him, then he has something more for me to do. And I wanna know what that is and be about it. And I, I recommend that for everyone. Stay as connected as you can. Get your alone time when you need it, but whatever you need is available. And please don't let pride and culture and tradition cause you to quit on yourself. Please get the help. There's a, a grief share group that is phenomenal. It's international. It's online and they have um, groups that meet in person. And that is what that's something I did. And then there's something um, on Facebook. I, I wish I could remember the man's name. Um, He's lost a lot and he's a, a grief support person. And I've been reading, I've been reading um, Dr. Anita Phillips is mm. a, a therapist and her book um, that she just wrote and that I have an audible copy of. Oh my gosh. That's okay. It, I'm, it, the title's escaping me. We'll put it in the resources. <laughs> Please, because it, it's really showing me that really God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He loves us unconditionally. He has a plan and purpose for us for every day of our life. We just get to be still and talk to him and read his word and learn to love ourselves as he loves us and how our friends and family love us. And that's been my journey. And, and get with other widows, get with other people mm -hmm. who want to make a new life for themselves uh, and know that you do it the way you do it and just keep doing it. I love that. I love that. I, that is great advice because many times we can't see past our grief. And I love the fact that you have harnessed in community because, you know, you said, you said some really powerful things in terms of, you know, loving yourself. And many times we're so busy loving others that we don't have time to love self. And self-love is imperative because you can't offer what you don't have. And so it's a great time for introspection. And I, I think that's, that's for any stage of your life to kind of go back and you think about the memories and yes, we, we could have done this or we could have done that, but this is where we are. And so mm -hmm. going forward, this is what we're going to do and we're going to take baby steps you don't have to run and it is like a baby I mean a baby doesn't run a baby moves rolls and then baby crawls <laughs> and then baby falls down gets up and takes a few steps falls down again but it is a process and if we just do the process and go through the phases and stages we'll be all right because we're going to get through it 
Yes. And it, it's a through process and it's a yes. process and it takes time. Anything we do in life takes time. We just don't get it like a microwave. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we want it that way. And, you know, there's, I don't judge anybody because there's times I want things right now and it doesn't happen right now. <laughs> it happens when it's supposed to. So, I mean, you gave some great advice for people to think about. And I love that. So what have you been learning on your journey of travel? Being in Europe has been so interesting. Um, I was yeah, here in March. I was here in March and it was so much earlier in my loss that I was really just resting and sleeping and walking and just kind of hibernating. And this trip I've been I got here the first of October and I'll be here to the end of December I'm getting more engaged in the communities because here I find I have so many community centers like in America you got a church on every corner and a liquor store on another corner they have a community center on every corner every quadrant there's a community center and they are so civic-minded uh, because this is an area where um, people seek asylum, they have different groups of people, like from the Ukraine and other places, who have come here for asylum, and they receive them, and then they support them with mm. resources and professional people, social workers, therapists. Um, a group that I work with, they called it's called Women of Power. They meet on Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday and on Monday they have a meeting to plan the week Tuesday they have uh, coffee and for the community and the women and on Wednesday they serve lunch and I think the lunch is like five dollars and and the women that are part of the program cook the food and we serve it and it's just being of service oh man it's just a gift and a blessing and I'm actually learning how to ride a bicycle and bicycles here are like cars in America. Yes. And it's, I'm doing better. I actually am still riding. Uh, when I can walk, I walk. Um, but I, I can get on a bike and go across town. So, so I want to go back. I want to go back. Okay. So okay. you never knew how to ride a bike? Never had one of my own. I've ridden maybe, honestly, as an adult, I've probably ridden a bike three times, honestly as an adult and as a kid I never owned one and so I never learned how to ride but here I literally today I was out looking out the window and it's a beautiful day weather-wise no rain so families are out mother and dad not working with their babies and it looks like two and three and four year olds are on two wheelers <laughs> and then uh, in other cases you see a mother or a father with a baby on the front of their bike and the baby on the back of their bike and they're riding that's mm -hmm. their transportation Mm -hmm. And so I recognize that I am an American and proud to be, and my culture has been so different. Uh, car, bikes will ride in the street with the car, and the car mm -hmm. has to wait for the biker. I see a car, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, and then I hear a scooter coming behind me. Oh, girl. Yeah. So it's, it's a different culture. And it's different. It's not good, bad. It's different. And I really am grateful that I have the capacity to try new things and set boundaries and limits that at some point, I'm not going to do this. 
I appreciate it. I love you and thank you, but it's not me. And so that's that's one of the primary lessons that I'm learning as I'm figuring out what I like and what I don't like, what I'm willing to do and what I don't want to do. That's a brand new thing. So that's a lot of what's been going on since I got here. That is, oh my goodness, <clears throat> excuse me, that is incredible. I mean, I, this is what I'm talking about is that you said, I, I didn't own a bike as a child and I probably got on a bike once or twice. And this is what I mean about adventure, venturing out and having an adventure. You know what? And you said something that I love. I'm finding out what I like and what I don't like. And what I don't like, I chuck to the side. But if I don't try it, I don't know if I like it or not. Maybe bike riding isn't for me, or maybe it really is for me. And so that's what we, is trial and error of trying to figure out, hmm, maybe I want to be a sculptor. Oh, that takes too much work. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And at, at this stage in my life, uh, my husband and I, are, we have a tutor. He's teaching us Spanish. He's better at it than I am. Uh, I, last time I took Spanish was in 1993 at San Diego State. I would take two classes a day, seven and eight. So I could get a B. So I was going for the grade. Here, okay. I'm strictly going to learn the language. And so we're in this class together and he is uh, sitting on the side and I'll he said, I make up words, which I do. Because when <laughs> I lived in Germany, when we lived in Scotland and we went off to Germany, I remember going to a, 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 some kind of drugstore. And so I just started making up words and, it, and it's like, you're making up words. But the woman looked at me like either I was crazy or I understood you. I don't know, you right? but you I right? do I, like I'll supposed to be in a feminine, uh, you know, speech pattern, you know, like la casa is feminine. And I'll say lo, lo casa or something. It's like, la, la. Oh, okay. And so, you know, it is trying these things and it's okay to make mistakes. Yes. I don't care about making mistakes. I don't care if I'm Dr. Hardy Shepherd. That doesn't mean anything outside of I am a human being. I'm Pamela first. I've been Pamela since the day I was born. And that piece is just meant I went to school longer and stayed there and did something and I'm not diminishing it. But when you meet people, you meet them where they are, what they want to achieve, and your task is to help them. That's all. That's all it is. This is what this is. That's why it's passion and purpose, because we mm -hmm. all have passions that sometimes we just kick to the curb. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, pick that back up, ladies. Pick mm -hmm. it up. You can do it. You can have it. You can be it. Mm -hmm. and, and you're showing us that it, you're never too old to venture out. And I, I'm right behind you. So I ain't talking about you never too old. You're not. You're good. Amen. You're, we are never too old to try new things. Amen. It's called being a lifelong learner. And that Amen. you are, lady. That's who you are. And you've Amen. always been that way. I mean, I, she sends me pictures of going to the library. The interactive library there is amazing. The pictures and things that they have in Europe. Yes, it is different. And it's great to have that experience. Traveling is great. Living and staying someplace is even better because you get the full breadth of the culture. 
You yes. really do. And, and she's just a world traveler. <laughs> and I just love it because you're doing the things that you're supposed to do at this time of your life. You. What else you want to share with us? Um, being gone as I create this new experience for myself gives my children space to live their lives. They're all married, they have children, they have jobs, they own their homes, and they're amazing adults. Each family is just beautiful. Each family is strong. Each family has their challenges. And my children, like my husband and I, really understand that challenges come, but you work through them. You work through them, you, you're, you're honest about what you want, and hopefully can be teachable and uh, have a community of support, of you support, and it's mutual. And we get together and celebrate and pray where we need to, you know, we pray anyway, but when we have challenges, we know that we can stand in the gap and support one another from a distance because as a mother, I still find that I want to um, rescue. I still want to be a mother for a person that's not an adult and they don't need that they don't want that they have it and i don't want it learning a, a different learning my my place yes in in this season of their lives me being away helps me do that um so i'm really grateful for this time and, I, and they love me and i love them and i'm just blessed with three amazing adult children and five fabulous young grandchildren what a blessing. What a blessing. So I know I always have a lot of questions, but this will be my last question, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to first talk to, we'll just say millennials, Gen Xers, and then baby boomers, and then baby boomers moving on, what? and, and we're talking about women, what would you say? What would you tell an other women? What would you, what is your advice? And you can pick out anything you want to say, whatever you want to say, however, and to whomever. Thank you. It, it really, that that's almost an easy question for me. And it may be a little harder for the older women to swallow this, but I think it's true as long as you have breath in your body and hope in your heart. I think everybody on the planet is born with a gift and a purpose. I, I really believe that in my heart. And I'll never forget when a minister in Tacoma, Washington, Terry Harris, shared the scripture that God's gifts and calling are without repentance. And I'm going to repeat that. God's gift and calling are without repentance. Because of the trauma in my life as a child, and I thought it was my fault, and because I had no uh, present parents to help me understand it and reconcile it and heal, I thought it was my fault. So for most of my life, I was very angry and very hateful and I hated myself and so I hated everybody. And when I had three children and I think, yeah, Washington was the last place we moved while my husband was in the service and we went to a church in Tacoma and lived in Bremerton. And this man on a Friday night service, which is such an interesting thing, and I won't cherry, but 
we had Friday night services. And now that I'm practicing the Hebrew roots of Christianity, I'm following the Bible cycles. The Sabbath is Friday night sundown, Saturday night sundown. And the Bible feast days are what I keep. And I think Pastor Harris was preparing for me for that, and I didn't even know it. But one Friday night in, in the, the small theater that became a, a congregation, he said, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And I tell you, I cried like something died. Something died that night, that many years ago. I think my, my baby girl was 13 at the time. Something died and something came to life. And that life was something I had been saying all along. If I can do it, anybody can. And we have a purpose. And what I'd like to say to all women, what is your passion? What are you naturally gifted at? What could you do the rest of your life and never get paid for it? That's probably your purpose. And purpose and passion need preparation. Mm. So get in community, get around other women who are doing what you want to do, what you wanted to do. And while we're older for us baby boomers, it's not our turn to take the lead per se. It's our time to come alongside the younger women and ask them questions and then listen because they have the answers. They just need people to love them and hear them and not judge them and to support them. Have a, you have a purpose, ask God what it is, be still and hear the answer, and then be about it. I love it. I love that. You said passion, purpose, and preparation. Yes, ma'am. The peas. Yes. yes. <laughs> the peas. I the love peas. it. <clears throat> Anything else you want to add? Because I know your time is valuable, and I know it's it's late in the evening there. But I just, I have to tell you, Denise, you are such a beacon and a gift. You really are. And I need you to know that you're brilliant. You always have been. And you have helped so many people. And you could articulate the moon, sun, and stars. It's just who you've always been. And you could always stand in the gap for other people. That's what you did, and that's what you continue to do. But now, today, you're standing in the gap for yourself. And I just want to thank you. You are such a gem, and you need to know that. I love you, and I'm grateful, I'm grateful you. for you. And so, everyone, take the lessons that she has shown you because we don't have to do this journey alone. Thank you all for joining us today on Passion and Purpose. It's been so, wonderful to connect with you, and I hope you found our conversation as enlightening and inspiring as I have. A huge thanks so to our guests who contributed to the discussion and share their experiences and insights. Your stories are the heartbeat of this podcast, and it's a joy to explore our passions and purpose together. I'm Pamela, reminding you to live with passion and purpose. Until next time, take care and keep reaching for your dreams.